Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Isaiah 43, prophesying to you this morning. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, everybody say now. It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, a river in the desert. Glory to God. A river in the desert. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. This is yours, RCC, this morning. The Lord, while I was in worship, thundered. Behold, I do a new thing, and it shall start now. But the reception of the now begins with your faith to grab it and believe it. Sometimes you just have to mix faith with your determination, right? Because sometimes faith alone without determination, it's not going to happen. Faith, and you say, I'm determined it's going to happen now. It starts with me now, and revival starts with me now. A new thing for your family, church, RCC, a new thing for your family, a new thing for your, for your walk with the Lord, a new thing for your level of freedom, and a new thing for your life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Thank you, Tito. Give it up for Tito. We love you. Well, today uh, and every journey weekend, we, are, we not only celebrate, we're going to get the word, but as you see, we have a baptism tank here. This is not always here for those of you who are visitors. We're going to see the power of God and the windows of heaven open today. Or for those people, come on, I believe it. We're going to see the windows of heaven open over people that have decided to say, you know what? Baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. I already got my freedom. Now I'm going to seal my freedom with the waters of baptism, declaring that Jesus is Lord. Come on, say amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now, everybody, I want you to turn to uh, Psalm 92. We're going to get, how many get ready for the word this morning? Come on. How many get ready for the word this morning? All right. About three people. All right. How many for the word this morning? I'm excited because this, this uh, psalm I have spoken about before, but I've highlighted other words. But again, like I think on Tuesday or, or Wednesday, I really felt the Lord draw me to this uh, scripture. But I want to highlight a specific principle of this scripture that I believe is going to, uh, it may sound a little old-fashioned, but I believe there's real powerful truths in what I'm about to say especially in the day and age that we live in, okay? So I want us to pay attention. Let's not be uh, uh, messing around or being distracted. Let's make sure we pay attention to the Word of God. And I'm going to share with you, especially those who are in the journey weekend, listen to this because I believe God is going to do something through the Word. How many believe God can speak through the Word? All right. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for us receiving the Word. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. 19, 19, Psalm 92 Starting in verse 12, very popular portion of scripture. Um, I've spoke on parts of this before, but I'm not going to speak on the oil part, on the fresh oil part. I'm going to talk about something that um, I feel has been a vision of mine for years, and I, I'm just going to go say it. This One of the scriptures I've always wanted in my spirit to be upon those doors over there as people walk out, and I, 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 I just haven't found either the, the time or the, the person, but I'm looking for like some calligraphy or some cursive words to be on there because I've, I've seen it for years and I, if anybody knows how to do that, write these words or put it on there, please see me after service because I want to, uh, I just felt this in the, in, the, in the spirit the other day. I was like, man, I want to place a scripture in the sanctuary as a banner of what is going to happen. Amen. As a banner, as a prophetic banner, uh, constantly speaking to us. So er, this message involves everyone here and every believer are you ready psalm 92 verse uh, 12 and i'll tell you what what verse i would like up there the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree he shall grow like a cedar in lebanon this is verse 13 this is the verse i want up there those who are planted in the house of the lord shall flourish in the courts of our god I'm going to say that again. Those who are planted. This is not unconditional. It's conditional in context. That means if you're not planted, you're not going to flourish. 
Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, they, those who are planted, shall still bear fruit in, listen, listen, they shall still bear fruit in old age. Mm. They shall be fresh, fresh. You know how you guys are feeling right now? That's how the, the Lord says you're going to be for a long time if you're planted. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare, speak, speech, that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Come on, somebody say amen. All right, now before I break down this scripture, I promise you I'm not going to go, I'm, I'm not going on a bunny trail. You may think I'm going on a bunny trail, but I'm not going to go on a bunny trail, okay? Give me a second. On a button trail. Okay. All right, so everywhere I go, I see, I see the people, especially Christians, that are searching for uh, three main things. Now, these three main things are probably more, I get it, I, I understand, right? But these three things, I believe everywhere I go, people are searching for three main things. Now, you say, hold up, what does it have to do with the scripture? You're going to see what it's going to do about the scripture. Number one, I see when I talk to specifically Christians uh, in any season of their life, whether they're uh, just born again or they've been walking with the Lord for 20 years, I see that there is a deep true desire for a deep connection with jesus not with not just not just with the building not just with some deep down inside there is a hunger and a cry for every believer not no matter where you're at because there's a difference between professing christians that profess that they are christians than people who are walking out a born again experience because not be listen not because their dad or mom told them to go to church and that's a moral good thing to do. There's a lot of people that even seek uh, spouses that go to church because they realize, oh, they're good people and they're moral people. So I want someone that's kind. But you can have someone that's kind and not born again. You can have someone that's good and not born again. And so what people are really after is not just Christianity. They're actually after deep, whether they know it or not, a deep connectivity to Jesus. And if you don't, you will be emotionally erratic. You'll be frustrated. And you'll, listen, if this is our thing, if ministry is our goal, we will be sorely disappointed at the end of the day. You will be burned out, and if you get your identity by doing some stuff, maybe your heart may come alive for a little bit. But let me tell you, if without a deep connection or planting, I'm going somewhere, in a deep relationship with the Lord, everything else you do is going to get frustrating for you. And you're going to go home disappointed. Why did I get more? I, did, I served. I did all this. Because we all long for Jesus. I, I woke up the other day and I heard the scripture where the disciples were running after Jesus and they found him. And you know what he said? And they said, they said, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And I remember years ago, the Lord shared this scripture with me, this revelation. Son, whether people know it or not, everyone is looking for Jesus. Every, whether they know it or not, that means people out there that are trying to drown the gap that they feel with uh, drunkenness, with, uh, with like what you were saying, with weed and all these other things. Those are just substitutes. But you know what God is after? He is after an encounter with the person of Jesus, like you were saying. The second thing, now, now, now watch, I'm getting somewhere. The second thing that people are, I find, are really after, deeply after, authentically after, is a deep connection with other believers. A deep connection with Jesus and a deep connection with other believers. Now, let me pause and say, some people have been hurt by other believers and have stopped the flow that God intended through other believers. We cannot do this by ourselves, but unfortunately, some of us have been hurt by other believers and we now blame God. See, the connectivity now is when we are disconnected from one another, now we assume that we're disconnected with God. Because when we are getting offense from one another, our disconnect with God sometimes is affected. Our connection with God is affected. So the second thing I find that people are looking for is a deep connection with Christians to help them along the way. Other believers. Why? Because isolation will ruin your walk with God. You can't do this by yourself. 
And I'm, I want to pause and say, I, I, I grieve for those of you who've been hurt by other leaders and other Christians. But I want to I beg you, do not let those people determine your relationship with the Lord. Now, the other thing that I see people longing for is a deep uh, revelation of who, what's their purpose. So what is my purpose? What is, what, 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 why am I here on the earth? What is my calling? Listen, deep connection with Jesus, deep connection with others. Loneliness is a killer. And by the way, you can have a lot of friends and you still be lonely. You can still be popular and still be lonely, okay? Because loneliness has nothing to do with that amount of people that are around you that you call your homeboys, homegirls, or whatever you call them, Right? But thirdly is there's a connection. There's a deep connection. What am I here on earth for? What is my purpose, right? Why do I say all that? Because I believe all three of these common denominators could be found in the principle of being planted. Are you ready for this old school term? Not only in the Lord, but planted in a healthy biblical local church. I knew I wasn't going to get a lot of amens on that. It's okay, though, because a local church, unfortunately, has hurt a lot of people. But I'm here to tell you that the, I didn't write the Bible. <laughs> and Psalm 92, verse 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. So listen to me. I, I'm here to tell you this. What is the house of the Lord? The house of the Lord is any place where the purposes of God are functioning there for the edification and growth of our relationship with Jesus. It could be a coffee shop. It could be a, a, it could be a house. It could be a building. It could be an office where continual prayer is offered and the word of God is offered and worship is offered. But watch this. It does not exclude the local church because Jesus, as a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, wrote, seven letters to the local churches and the local churches is very important to your walk with God I'm going to say it like I'm old school the local church is important for your walk with God because the local church was designed by God not by man so the local church is defined by uh, by the, by the Lord so that we can have a sense of community and family so that we can through equipping watch this look at what the local church can offer or the house of the Lord or watch this being planted and not being uprooted every three or four or five months every time you get hurt. If I was the enemy, if I was the devil, thank God I'm not, but if I was the devil and I knew that causing you to flourish has a degree to do, not only, not the only thing, but has a degree to do with you being planted in a local community where you could get accountability, where you could get trained, you could get growth. We have corporate prayer gatherings. We have corporate worship. Today, brothers and sisters gathered and we lifted up our hands and we worshiped the Lord together. What did that do to your heart? We need to gather together. We need each other. But the devil will say, let me isolate them. Let them not be planted. Let them be uprooted and let, let them go to another place continually because of their offense. If I was the enemy and I knew that you would flourish by being planted, it's pretty easy for me. All I have to do is seek opportunities to unplant you or uproot you and many times until you start dying inside. Because even a cactus that is trained, listen, to survive in the desert, and it has water stored up, even a cactus, if you keep uprooting a cactus out of its place, soon it will die. You know why? Because it never had an opportunity to be planted long enough so that roots could go down. Now, what I, here's what I'm not talking about, because some of you looking at me like, oh, here he goes, old school. No, no. I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm not talking about, like, if you miss three weeks, and then you have two weeks, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the heart behind being planted in a, in a spiritual community where you can have encouragement, you can have peace, you can have training. Listen, because if you are not careful, God, the enemy will allow a hurt to convince you you don't need the church, and that's a lie. That is a lie. As a matter of fact, how's it working for you? <laughs> Hasn't worked out too much for you, right? People, when we think, I want to do this on my own, I don't need the church. Well, what you're saying is you don't need part of who you are because you are the church. And so you're, you're leaving a, 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 yes, dysfunctional type of local church setting, but I'm talking about a biblical, healthy church setting. 
if you are planted in the house of the Lord, that means your involvement. That means your heart level of your involvement, that you are there. And I'm going to talk about a tree system very, in, in, shortly that I just got shocked. When there's a forest and community of trees, what happens to them when their roots are connected? Come on, somebody. Amen. The psalmist said that it's important for God's people to be planted, not only in the word of God. And that's everybody say planted because planted is not just in the in the house of the Lord. Planted is in your prayer life. Planted is in the word of God. Plant, planted, it means that you remain and you and you don't keep being uprooted by everything that the enemy throws in your life. But here's the beautiful part. When, the more you stay planted, the stronger you become. God can't hardly do anything. Let me just reverse. We can't do anything in the natural to a plant or a tree that keeps being planted and being uprooted. Could you imagine you're trying to show, you do a garden in your backyard, in your front yard. You're like, this is beautiful. Look at all these plants that I brought. I'm going to plant them today. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't rain for three days and you get angry. You're like, I'm not going to, I'm going to pluck, pluck this. And I, I don't like the weather today. I'm going to put it over here by a pond where there's a lot of water. So I'm going to put it there. And then a couple of days later, the pond dries up. Or there's bugs in the pond. So you're like, I don't like that either. You know what? I don't like this place. They're, they're just rude to me. I'm going to get put up here, and I'm going to go over here. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to die. But watch here. I'm going to say something real deep. A reality of being unplanted means that you're more susceptible to lie because you're only hearing your voice. You're only hearing the voice of you, the only voice of hurt. You're only hearing your voice of pain. And you're not hearing the voice of accountability that says, hey, girl, you need to go back to the place. Or, hey, hey, bro, we need to get back to the place of praying together and sticking into to the word of God. Come on, say amen. I believe being planted, especially in a healthy biblical local church, everybody say planted, can offer you prayer, counseling, teaching, equipping. Right? Encouragement. Worship. Right? They could provide a sense of family and so much more. Which leads me to the first point. Look at this first point. By the way, you guys are doing great back there. Thank you. You allow Joanne to, 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 to be here and, and receive and saffron. Love it. So thank you. First point. Being planted in God and in his house helps us to flourish in our walk with the Lord. Now, I looked up the word flourish, guys, all right? So flourish means, it's not going to be up there, the word flourish, everybody say flourish. flourish. Remember, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. It means to show out. <laughs> show out. Like, I'm going I'm to I'm show everybody. It means to show out, to bud or sprout, or to break out. That's what the word flourish means in the Greek. To break out, especially of something negative, and to be, watch this, this is key. Flourish means to be stable and fruitful, to fly. I looked it up in the Greek, literally. The last couple of words of flourish means to soar and fly. The, blessed are those who are planted in the house of the Lord. They shall f begin to soar. They shall begin to show out. They'll begin to bud out. But I looked at the synonym, because I'm a word person, so I looked at the synonym of, of thriving, right? And uh, the, the, I, I will get that in a second. But I want to give you this, this, this word for thriving is growing. Look at this next slide up. Thriving is the reality of growing exponentially, watch this, which includes growing in the midst of difficult circumstances and situations. The word thriving means exponential growth. How many want to grow, right? Especially out of hard circumstances and hard truth. It's like a, a plant or a tree growing in the midst of rocks. And you start looking at all these rocks and weeds in, in, a, in a plant, and it's still going through those rocks. Come on, somebody. It's going through those plants. It's going through those weeds. And you see it like uh, nothing's going to stop that plant. There's a, there's a tree in my own house. I looked at it the other day. I go, how are you surviving? You know, like I, I, I barely water it, but it's growing, and it's full of rocks and all that. You know, it's like that old song. Remember that song? Some of you guys old timers, you guys, you know, I've seen the lily pushes way. Remember? Up through the stubborn 
Saul, you don't know that, right? I believe in miracles, for I believe in God. That was your singing lesson for today. Listen, listen, that old hymn, that old hymn. Some of the young people are like, I've never heard that word in my life. There's an old hymn called I Believe in Miracles. You know, I've seen a soul set free, miraculous, the change in one, redeemed through Calvary. Come on. I've seen a lily push its way. Come on. Up through the stubborn sod. I believe in miracles for I believe in God. But the song says the miracle was not just someone getting healed. This is going to be preached to you. The miracle is someone staying standing when all the rocks were trying to push it down. I've seen the lily push it. Nope, nope, nope. Push its way through the stubborn sod. And it keeps on growing. You know how you flourish? By being planted. By allowing a spiritual family to speak into your life every now and then. And then when the rocks of life start hitting you and the weeds of life start hitting you, you're not by yourself. And you'll be able to thrive with the word, thrive with prayer, thrive with worship, thrive and soar. But it starts by being planted. I'm going to prophesy to you the enemy will do everything in his power to get you offended so you will not be planted. You're like, you're, uh, you know, I should have said a disclaimer. I, I said, I, I'm going to say a disclaimer now, but I am not attacking anyone. And if you feel convicted, that's not Pastor George Sotolongo. That is the Holy Spirit. But watch this. But if you're getting healed, that's not Pastor George Sotolongo either. If you're getting healed in your heart, that means that's the Holy Spirit. But I want you to reverse how you think about the local church. I want you to start thinking about community in a different way. You are not called to be by your own. You're called to be planted, obviously in the word, obviously in the Lord. But if you're planted in the Lord, and if you're planted in the word, and you don't have a local church community, you will start believing all the things. You have nobody to keep you accountable. And let me tell you something, you'll get weird. You just get weird. Either you get weird in the worldly way or you get weird in the spiritual way. Man, I went to the, I may tell you, I was in the desert for 40 days all by myself. And the Lord spoke to me and I'm like going to go to the third heavens and walk on this. And I'm going to, no. But I will tell you this. The voice of the enemy. I I remember when I first got saved, I used to be like two blocks away from my house. Because when I first got saved, I was so radical. I I changed instantly that even some of my family members were like, what's wrong with him? He's in a cult, blah, blah, blah. I remember I had a church community. And I remember calling people. I was like, I'm about to enter my house. Could you pray with me? See, being planted means you have resources to pull from. You have resources to pull from. When you're planted, right? But when you're out dangling in the air, you're left for dead. God wants you to start getting planted in the things of God and in the house of the Lord. And I remember I would pray, ask for prayer, right? And, and when my church community, when I first got saved, would pray for me, I would walk in. <laughs> I would walk in my house expecting, oh, were you, were you at church again? I was like, oh, hey, guys, hey. They're not saying anything to me. And I just kept walking. Because now I realize I had a system. I had a family that was strengthening me in the walk of God. But let me tell you something. I feel this from the Lord. Uh, Unfortunately, there has been so many people that have been wounded by the church and have a bad taste in the mouth. But I want to tell you that's not what the scripture intended for you. There's healing in the Lord and there's healing in the house. Amen? Amen? So watch this. Watch this. The, 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 the synonym is for flourish is thriving. And so the goal of the enemy is to unplant us. Everybody say amen. amen. Don't raise your hand, but has, has anybody been offended by, by people, especially church people? Has anybody been? Okay, you raise your hand anyways. <laughs> so I... <laughs> 
I saw something, I saw something that, I have, that I've read a lot of times. And while I was studying this, I said, oh my gosh, I, these two words. And I didn't even give it to the media team. In James chapter 1, it says something. I've spoke on this before, but I, I, I never connected it to the being unplanted, right? The uh, being uprooted. How does temptation, oh my God, this is so powerful. How does temptation come? Do you guys know the book of James? It doesn't even mention the devil in that phrase. It doesn't say the devil is lurking and he is there and he's saying, go do it. And therefore people do it. Could you imagine that version? That is not in the Bible. The Bible says each one is tempted. Now look at these two words. When he is drawn away. Wow. Lord, I never, I, I mean, I, I knew that you're drawn away with my own desires, but, but it's like it's drawn away with your own desires. Here's what I heard the Lord say. When the enemy draws you away from a local, healthy, biblical community, then your own desires are magnified. And then when your own desires are magnified, listen, listen, it, it conceives into sin. And then sin, when it's fully grown, that means it has the capacity to grow in you, brings forth death. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away. Wow. And I said, Lord, this is something that we, the body of Christ, need to understand. That being planted helps us not to be drawn away. Jesus, help me, Lord. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this next slide. Being planted states, we shall bear fruit in old age. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to start bearing fruit when you're like 70 years old. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean that you're going to bear fruit when you're like 80 years old. You know what it means? Watch this. It means that bearing fruit in old age speaks of consistent maturity for a long period of time. Hello? Consistent maturity for a long period of time. You, if you are planted... In the things of God and don't get uprooted by things that are attempting to hurt you. When you stay planted in the word, when you stay planted, listen, the Bible says if you build your house on the sand, the storms will come and the wind will blow and great will be that fall. But he says if you build your house on the rock, the same wind. See, see, see God is not prejudiced to, to the believer and the unbeliever in this regard. He says the same wind that attacked this house that was on sand is the same wind that's going to attack that person. Watch this. But it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. So my point is, what does that speak of? Being planted is as equal as being founded on the rock. Let me tell you, a true, in my opinion, genuine sign, there's many, but a genuine sign that you are a true believer in Christ and not just doing it because your parents made you. I, I asked some people one time ago, when did you get saved? I don't know. I just always was going to church. It's like, hmm. So you don't remember when you got saved? No, I don't remember when I got saved. I just always knew that I was just going to church. And I'm, not, I'm thinking to myself, if they are not careful, they will use their church experience and say that they're born again. And so he, my, my, my point, what I'm saying is it's like, you got to be able to get to a place where you bear fruit for a long time. What was I going to say? A sign of a, a sign of a prophet, uh, sorry, a believing Christian, right, is when you have experienced great storms and refuse. This is not the only sign, and refuse to go the opposite direction of God's will for your life. I have had many, many, many opportunities to say, "I give up. I don't want this stuff. I don't want this." But I remember when God touched my life. And I remember the realness of my sin being forgiven. And I was anchored so deep that even when I wanted to, the Holy Spirit gripped me. You know that this verse right before the verse I read was the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. And they shall grow like the cedars of Lebanon. Who are the only trees that stay standing after a hurricane? Palm trees. You know why? Because palm trees, they go, they're, they're not uprooted every six months, every nine months. Hallelujah. 
they stay standing. And I had a picture, and I wish I would have showed it. There is a picture of a palm tree that is always, like, it's always growing towards the sun. That's one of the things, like, S-O-N, but a palm tree spiritually always grow through, grow, grows towards the S-O-N, the sun, right? And I have a picture, but I, don't, I, I didn't give it to the media team, that there was this palm tree, right? And it was growing when it was small. And then there was a neighborhood that erected a brick wall right next to the, right, literally, right next to the palm tree. There is a picture that I wish I would have showed you. That palm tree, it grew up and it went like this. Like that. And it, and it was straight. And it, it did not stop its growth. But the direction, it was always facing like the sunlight, it seems. And so why do I say this? Because it's time for the church to get planted again. If I could just be honest and throw away my nose for a second, we are so fickle. You know what that fickle means, right? It's like we are just so flimsy as Christians. We never, we never allow the Lord to do something deep in us because we never stay long enough. And that's not only in your walk with God, but again, old-fashioned. We need to build together, and your, your roots are going to grow. You need to stay planted. Don't allow offense. Don't allow bitterness. Don't allow temptation to uproot you from the local, healthy, biblical church. What does bearing fruit in old age mean? It means that when we're firmly planted, we will have long-lasting fruit. And let me give you a little secret. Long-lasting fruit in people makes you trustable in their eyes. There's people that have come, and there's many of spiritual sons and daughters that I'm like, Lord, they're here. Is because, you know, one of the things they told me in private, they said, you have walked with the Lord for all these years. And that you're not perfect, but I've always seen you walk with God. Now, this is the key, what I'm about to say. Bearing godly fruit, look at this slide, in constant maturity for a long time will allow us, here's the key, to leave a legacy in people long after we're gone from the earth. When you bear fruit for a long time, people could trust you. I said, when you bear fruit for a long time, you haven't been in a lot of scandals. You haven't had a lot of exposure to, uh, to all these sins uh, out there. Not that you're perfect, but when you bear fruit consistently for a long time, people will trust you. Listen, and you will leave a legacy. Why? Because leaving a legacy has to do with bearing fruit for a long time. You can't really leave a legacy in people in a year. You have to walk with the Lord for a long time for you to leave a legacy. Way after you're born, come on, after you're dead, what are your kids going to say about you? What is your family going to say about you? They're going to say, hopefully, this person walked with the Lord. I, you know what I want on my, on my tombstone? Like Enoch, and he and George walked with the Lord. <laughs> Right? There's not a lot, of, a lot about Enoch in the Bible, although there's other books about, that, that, about him. But, but Enoch in the Bible only has a couple verses. And you know what one of the verses are? And Enoch was and, was and was not. For Enoch walked with God. Boy, what a reputation that would be. Hey, what do people say about you? Well, people didn't say, God said, I walk with him. <laughs> I don't care what people say. What is God saying about me? Here's the thing. Don't you, let's just be honest, take the mask off. Don't you want, don't you trust somebody that has bared fruit in godliness for a long time? They're not perfect, but you could trust that person. Why? Because you see that through the pain, through the storm, through the winds, that they keep serving God. Now, this is no condemnation for those who haven't, but you could start right now. But you can't bear fruit in old age if you're not planted. You need to allow the roots to grow deep so that you could bear fruit. Listen, when you're 60, when you're 70, when you're 80, and your family can look at you, and your friends can look at you and say, you know what? I could trust whatever this person says out of their mouth because they've been walking with God for a long time. Thank you, Jesus. Bearing fruit in old age is maturity for a long time. God wants maturity from his people some of us i'm going to say this prophetically it's time to grow up it's time to grow up but listen when i say grow up it doesn't mean because you're always immature it's because sometimes you're just not planted and god says some of you you may have 20 years of church experience 
but two years of walking with God. Oh, come on. Mm. That was not in my notes. Praise the Lord for that. You may have 20 years of church experience and six months of, of experience of walking with God. That's not going to give you victory. Your longevity in, 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 in church attendance or, or, or being a Christian or, or, or following the coattails of your parents has nothing to do with your depth of your relationship with God. Longevity and fruit bearing. All of us here should long for fruit that remains for a long time. You know, you're looking at me funny, but you want that for your own spouse. Come on, let's just forget about spiritual stuff. Let's talk about fruit in the natural. Would you want fruit of your husband of every six months he leaves and then comes back? And then every six months he's like, I'm sorry, babe. You know, I'm just had a couple times or there, you know, temptation. But, hey, I'm coming back to you. Or, 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 or the wife says, hey, every four months I'm leaving. I uh, found something better. Oh, no, that's not going to work. I'm going to go back to you. You, you want consistent fruit from your partner. You want consistent fruit, consistent fruit, listen, from your job. How about your boss says, hey, I don't know if I'm going to pay you this week. I don't know. I mean, it may be or maybe not. You can be like, I'm going to find another job. Right? But let me tell you something. When you're planted, it doesn't look that way. It may, watch this now. It may take time for you to grow and bear fruit for a long time. But once you're planted, watch this. Here's the key. You're anchored. Planting equals anchored. Oh, thank you, Jesus. You know what I heard the Lord say yesterday in my prayer time? Planting speaks of habitation, not visitation. Listen, listen, listen. God doesn't just want visit you to visit every now and then. God doesn't want to say, hey, look, he's happy that you're visiting, but he doesn't want, hey, here's your son again here. Oh, thank you. Bless me. I love you, Lord. All right, bye. Let me go out, right? Planting means you, watch this. Here's an old-fashioned word. You stay when things get tough. You stay when challenges are happening. You stay when everything is telling you, run. You stay, listen to me. And when you stay, you are an inhibitor of habitation of God's presence and not just visitation. I don't want a visitation from God. I want him to habitat. I want him to, to stay on me. Well, in order for, for that to happen, I got my, let my roots go down for the water system so it could hit that, that spiritual water down there. Yes, Lord. If we're not careful, we'll become professional Christians. Which leads me to my next point. This is all, I'm taking verse by verse, by the way. The, the third point is this. Being planted keeps us fresh in our daily walk with God. Not professional Christians. Listen, there's professional Christians and there are people that are fresh with God every day or every, every couple days. They're fresh with God. They're fresh. In other words, they have fresh revelation of God's word. Thank God for the old word, but you know what? We need fresh revelation today. We, there, there's no fresh revelation. Being fresh, everybody say fresh. Turn to someone and say, you look fresh today. Oh, man, some of your faces don't look fresh. Man, I just looked at some of your faces, and you don't even believe that yourself when you say that to someone. <laughs> some of you looked at someone, and you're like, you look fresh, and they're like... And you were like, by faith, you look fresh. <laughs> you turn around and inside you're like, by faith, you know. Everybody say fresh. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They will bear fruit in old age. Listen to me, zoom in on me. They will be fresh and flourishing. I, I didn't say that. They will be fresh and flourishing. Being planted means that, listen, you are not a professional Christian that just says you're a Christian. You being planted means that you're getting some water and oil in you long enough so that you could profess and act like you profess. But if you're a professional Christian, you will say that you're a Christian and praise God for that. But your actions will speak very differently than what you're speaking. 
And you're wondering, why can I stay? Why can I do that? Why can I do that? Because God is wanting you to stay put long enough so he can mature you, so he can heal you. So it may hurt. Listen, it may hurt a little bit, but it's going to bring healing if you stay planted. I know some people, and they know who they are, and for the sake of confidentiality, I won't say it, but it took them a year to come here, and they're like, they're very close to me. It took them a year to come here, not doing any ministry work whatsoever, because they were so hurt by ministries in their past. And as they stayed, come on, somebody, as they stayed, they're like, oh, I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try I'm going to try this is my calling, though. This is my gifting. This is my gifting. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Hey, this feels good right now. This, this feels really good right now. Oh, and, and what happens is you test the waters and you realize, yeah, there's nobody perfect. But what were you missing out all those years? Because you were running because you got hurt instead of being planted. Let me tell you something. Stay long enough for God to heal you, and then God will use you. In a powerful way. The problem with the body of Christ is that we have a lot of people being used by, but start wanting to be used, and they're not being planted long enough for God to really use them. Your planting produces the healing that produces you to do good works. Glory to God. Glory to God. Everybody say, I'm planted. Say, I'm fresh. Fresh revelation, fresh prayer, fresh, listen, worship. When you're planted, that means there's a freshness about you. The Bible says in Ephesians, listen to me, in the things of God and in the house of the Lord. The Bible says in Ephesians, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you look at that Greek word being filled, it has a connotation of continually being filled. I think the problem with the body of Christ is that we're satisfied with being filled five years ago. Or in this moment right now. Or in this moment right now. Right? And again, we become professional Christians because God forbid we don't want to tell anyone that we're faking the funk, the, the Christianity. We don't want to tell anybody that we're faking it. So we're like, hey, everything is good and you're dry. Can I just be honest with you? Because you haven't stayed long enough for God to deal with those things. Let me tell you, when you're in a spiritual community, some of them, they won't let you backslide. Glory to God. They're like, no, 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 you couldn't come back over here. No, 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 girl. Come, no, no. I, I want you to come. We want to talk together. Come on. I know you're going through the stuff, and I'm angry too, but today we're going to talk things out. No, no, no. Come over to my house, and we're going to pray. When you're part of a spiritual community, there's accountability. But listen, you got to also be someone that, that wants to be talked to. <laughs> There's some people don't ever talk to you because you have a grumpy face all the time. I mean, I've seen people that are like, I wonder why no one comes talk to me. I'm like, now that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that's right. That doesn't mean that's right. But you need to be someone that is open to accountability. I'm going to say something bold. Accountability may rub you wrong and may have bring you a trigger of, of pain. But it'll bring healing as well. Remember, drawn away. Everybody say drawn away. Drawn. Tempted. Now remember the sifting part? I didn't even talk about that. And that's not even in my notes. The Bible says, Peter goes, uh, Jesus said, hey, Peter, the devil wants to sift you as wheat. Well, you know, the sifting process is pounding. You take it away. You pound it. And you what? Separate the tears and the shaft. And you, and you, and you put it up there. And it's blown away by the wind. So when you are hurt and you're offended, especially by church people, what's your number one default? Don't say it. What's your number one default reaction of what you really want to do? Not the spiritual advice. Well, I just want to. No, no, no. The real you. I'll talk to, for you. I'll talk for you. When I get hurt by people, my first default is bump them. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. That's Miami George talking to you right now. That's, Lord, forgive me. Pastor George is coming back. Come back. But, but Miami George is like, bump you. You cut me, you're dead to me. But that's the, old, that's the old me wanting to rise up and dominate me. I'll say, bump you. Watch this. Are you ready for this next level? And bump the church. And bump everybody up here. 
I'll do my own thing. They don't know. They don't know how much. And you know what? You were hurt. And they probably were wrong. But that does not erase Psalm 92 out of the scriptures. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Every, look at this next slide. Every point, sorry, being planted will enable us to declare that the Lord is good and upright in every season of our life. That's in Psalm 92, verse 15. What's the last verse of that psalm? And they'll be fresh and flourishing. Watch this. And they will declare that the Lord is righteous. In other words, when you're planted, are you ready for this? This is a, a mind. When you're really planted, your speech will sound different than when you're not. In every season of your life, you will, at the end of the day, you may grumble a little bit. You may have a little temper tantrum like I do sometimes. But at the end of the day, you'll come back and say, God is still good. For me to say God is still good with, with ravishing pain every single second of my life, sometimes I can't move. And it's not the lower back is the lower groin, just so you guys know. It's not, not, not that you need to know that. But, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people are like, how's your back? I'm like, I wish it was my back. I wish it was my back. But after all that I've been through, after all the fasting and all the prayers and all the great men of God praying for me and nothing happened, for me to still say God is good, that has to be a planting process. Come on, church. What, 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 wait, 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 wait. Psalm 92, verse 15. I don't know if you could put that up there. Psalm 92, verse 15. Psalm 92, verse 15. To declare, he who's planted in the house of the Lord, shall be fresh and flourishing. Watch this. They'll be able to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in him. Zoom in. Zoom in. When you're planted in the things of God, when you're planted in the house of the Lord, listen, all hell will come loose to you. And this is the difference maker between a professional Christian and a true Christian. And you deeply could say whatever he does and whatever he says, he is true. He is right. There's no unrighteousness in him. Whatever he judges about me is right all the time. You know, sometimes you're like, God, I think you're wrong about me a little bit right now. <laughs> you know, you're like, I, I don't think, like, I don't think that, that that's how, how I really am. And God is like, I told you this before, but I'll say it again. If I was the PR guy for God, if I was like the PR man, I would tell God not to say certain things that point to him being the bad guy. <laughs> Deuteronomy 8. Hey, Moses, tell them I, not the devil, I is the one who allowed them to hunger. No, don't say that, Lord. Don't say that. I tell them it was me that allowed them to hunger for 40 years. You're going to add the 40 years part too? Yeah, to add that too in your speech. It was I, the Lord, that allowed you to hunger and thirst for 40 years in the desert. But, but, but why? 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 To show you what was in your heart. That's what it says. To show you what was in your heart. So that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. At first, I would have been like, Lord, it's easier just to say the devil so you won't get the blame. People are going to backslide if they say that's you. No, tell them it's me because I wanted them to know what was in their heart. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you, I have not known more what is in my heart than these last five years. My goodness, I'm like, what is in my heart? And God's like, I'm trying to take it out. And I'm, trying, and I'm using some of affliction to really tell you that you need to continue to humble yourself. Humble yourself. And allow me to work on you. Come on, say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Now, uh, I'm going to have the worship team in just a second. But I saved the best for last. One of the biggest benefits about being planted firmly in a healthy, biblical church community is that when we are planted in a healthy, biblical, local church, it will provide us, watch this, with much-needed godly friendships, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. It doesn't mean that your only friendship should be church people. I'm not saying that, so don't, don't get it twisted. Don't misquote PG, right? It will provide you being planted with godly friendships, fellowship, and community that we all are searching for. Listen, listen. Laishla, you told, Laishla is back there. She told me those things. I don't, know if, if, I don't mind. I don't know if, no, you're not getting in trouble, girl. <laughs> She's like, oh, my gosh. You told me something when it regards to this, if you don't mind me sharing it. She said to me, you know, I, I, if you would have told me 
a year ago that I would have some godly friendships, I would have, told, I would have been like, no, that, that's impossible. And she was alone for a long time, but she stayed planted. And now she has community. She has friends. She has biblical friends that are all love her. Why? Because she's planted in a community. And those friends come from the community. Godly friends. I'm here to tell you this is old-fashioned, but I'm going to tell you anyways, we need godly friends. Woo! Yes, Lord. Look at this. Godly friendship, fellowship, and community that we all are searching for. Now, here's the tree part where I'm going to tell you. Then I'm going to have the worship team stuff. I looked up the, a forest of trees. Like I, I, I Googled what do forests of trees. Now, remember, forest of trees is different than just a, a, a tree that stands alone. A tree, a, tree that's, a tree that stands alone and it's watered right in the natural, it can still flourish. But it will flourish to an extent. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to read it. When, when one tree is lacking, and when I read like I, like, I, like I wrote it down so I won't mess up. Listen to me. And we're going we're gonna to go to altar call in just now, all right? Are you getting something this morning? When one tree is lacking in a forest of trees. So imagine a forest of trees, right? You go to a forest, and there's lots of trees there. So what happens when lots of trees are in the forest, the roots of one and two and three trees and four and five, six, let's say 50 trees, they go deep and they intertwingle with one another. But wait a minute now. This is key. Now, this is the, you can look it up. You can look this up. A community, when you're planted, is offered when you're planted. When you're not planted, you cannot feel the effects of community. Sometimes, and it's not right. What I'm about to say is not right. Sometimes, please listen to what I'm about to say. Sometimes people don't follow up with some of you because you're not planted long enough for them to remember you. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm not saying this to be mean. Sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind, and it's not done on purpose. Sometimes I'm like, man, I, you know, someone says, you know, PG, you haven't reached out to me in a long time, or so and so. I'm like. But part of me is like, man, I haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen you. I can't remember 250 people. That's why I need your help. But that's another sermon. But, but listen to this. Everybody say planted. Produces community. When a tree is lacking nutrients, look at this, or some essential thing that they need, that tree in the forest that's connected together, they release a chemical to the surrounding trees. And that signals them that de- that tree is deficient of something. And then return to the other nearby trees through the root system underground. Listen, that sends water or specific nutrients to the original tree in need that's sent for it. So a tree is deficient. But because they're part of a community of trees. Come on, somebody. The root system touches the 50th tree way over there, and the 50th tree has enough nutrients to be able to give extra to the other root system and travels all the way to this one deficient tree so that that tree now has the nutrients it needs to survive, but they wouldn't have got it if they weren't planted in a community of trees. Boy, I wish I had an organ right now. I wish I had an organ or somebody or somebody. The enemy wants to cut you off from the forest. So that when you're in need, you're all by yourself. I could I, I feel it in my spirit. Some of you, you really want to be planted, but you've been so hurt every time you try to be planted. But I'm gonna tell you. Don't put your trust in people. Put your trust in God and stay with the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm going to hurry. Hey, look at this next this slide because I got to hurry. Come on. Ooh, Jesus, help me, Lord. Stop the time. A healthy spiritual community stirs up. Everybody say good works. Say encouragement. And could help us against the tendency of backsliding. Hebrews 10, verse 23, real quick. I'm going to have two more scriptures, and we're going to close. Hebrews 10, 23. Are you ready? Look at the screens or turn to it in your Bibles. Let us hold fast the confession of hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Now watch this. I want you to see this. I saw this last night. Let us, underline the word us, 
didn't say let me. It said let us consider one another. Speaks of togetherness, not by yourself. Come on, Pastor George, preach that thing. Okay. In order to stir up. Everybody say stir up. So in other words, we consider one another to do what? To stir each other up to good works. Now watch this. Are you ready? Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. I'm so glad Paul said that. He's like, no, I see it. I see it. And that was in his time when there was such intense persecution for being a Christian that you wanted to snuggle together. And even in that time, Paul was saying, there's some of you that you are not planted and you're struggling. He goes, don't forsake the assembly of saints together. It is, this is the PGV version. It is for your good. Come on, say amen. All right. As is the manner of son, but exhorting. Everybody say exhorting. Look at that word again. Follow me. Don't, don't lose track on me. Say one another. Do you see the common denominator here? So you stir up good works. You don't forsake the assembly of saints to get, of people together. And listen, and you encourage one another. Now, here's a breakdown of Hebrews. And I'm going to fly, 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 fly. Okay? Breakdown of Hebrews 10, verse 23. Here's, here it is, the first one. Let us consider one another to stir up good works. What is good works? When, we stir, when we're part of, a, of the house of the Lord and we're planted, what happens is that we start provoking each other in our giftings. We start stirring each other up in our giftings. And we start in, like, saying the stirring part is, hey, you could sing. Or, hey, there's a, there's a Bible study that you could teach. Or, hey, uh, let's go and pray for the sick. Stirring up for good works means you do something for the community. It could be humanitarian efforts. Come on, say Amen. It could be praying for someone. It could be visiting someone in the hospital. But you stir each other up in a community. And when you stir each other up, your heart comes alive. Come on, say amen. It could be feeding the poor. It could be praying. It could be visiting. The second thing that the Bible says, and I'm hurrying, uh, in Hebrews 10, when you break it down, not to forsake the assembly of ourselves together. I want to say this very clearly. It is the will of God that we come together. It is the will of God that we come together. It is the will of God that we come together. I'm not going to focus too much on that because I believe you guys know by now that this is God's will. Don't forsake the assembly of saints together. And by the way, here's a little freeing on it for you. Community was never meant to be felt or experienced online. I'm, I'm just going to pause because I know it's... I'm, I'm going to look down. I'm going to look down. Well, that's a good... That's a good... That's a good... Okay. Hmm. True community. I, I'm, no, I'm telling you because we have this generation now that they feel that all they need to do is, is watch online and that's their local church planting experience. That is not it. Sorry. It was never meant for you just to watch sermons. By the way, watching sermons and listening to podcasts is not being planted in a local church community. Because there needs to be connectivity so there could be those nutrients being fed to everybody. Come on, say amen. And then exhorting. Worship team, I want you to get up here because we're going to worship now. Glory to God. Exhorting. Everybody say exhorting one another. You know that word exhorting means encouraging. Look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end with this. Listen to me. Everybody say encouragement. Do you know that when you're planted, you have the responsibility to encourage others? But watch this. You become the beneficiaries of encouragement as well. Did you hear me? You become the beneficiaries of encouragement. In other words, in other words, when you are planted in a biblical church that's not hype and it's not all this stuff, you will be the recipient of encouragement. Everybody shout encouragement. How many have been encouraged at one time or the other by somebody in a, in a ch- local church setting when you were in a, in a low place? Now, sometimes people don't know that you're in a low place, so you have to start talking to somebody. Don't get mad at the church if they didn't reach out to you and you are by yourself and you're not knowing that you, and no one's knowing that you're struggling. Well, they should have known. Well, you never were here. No, you never talked to anybody. Start talking to people. Come on, church. If you want friends, you must first show yourself friendly. Yes, sir. Now watch this. Everybody say this with me because this is powerful. Encouragement has the power to stop someone from developing a hard heart say encouragement has the power 
to stop someone from developing a hard heart. If, Sh- if I don't know Shalini is about to quit, if I don't know that, and I come to her and I text her, I'll say, hey, I've been thinking about you. I'm praying for you. I just want you to know that you're amazing and that your songs touch my life. And you, she may be like, I am just through with this. Hey, the other day you, you sang something and I got convicted and I had an encounter with God. I want to encourage you. You mean something. You've touched my life. You know, that, that, just, that in itself could be just what she needs to say, I've been believing a lie that I'm not worth anything, that I'm not impacting anybody, that I'm not doing anything. I'm believing a lie. But when you encourage someone, well, I feel the Holy Spirit here. It also means following up with somebody. Guys, if you know, please listen to me. This is not even in my notes, but I feel it all over me. If you know, only if you know, because you're not going to be held accountable if you don't. But if you know someone used to go to church and you know them and you're not reaching out to them, you're part of the problem. I'm not saying you take the full responsibility for their actions, but you're part of the problem. We as a church have failed people. We have not followed up with people, but let me, let me tell you, I can't do it by myself if you know someone hasn't been here for a while. I don't care if you say, well, Pastor George, they're just going to just reject me. I don't care. I, I do it anyways. I know people are going to roll their eyes when they look at my text. Whatever. That's just, that's just Pastor George. He ain't really praying for me. I am praying for you. But I can't do it on my own. I got a whole bunch of trees with me. You say, where did you get that from? Where did you get that that whole encouragement has the power to stop me from a hard heart? This is the last scripture, Hebrews chapter 3. Let's all read it together. And then we're going to baptize people today. Hebrews chapter 3. Ready? Read with me. One, two, three. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you, come on, an evil heart of unbelief. Let's read it together. Departing from the living God. Let's keep reading. But exhort or encourage one another daily while it's called today. Are you ready for this? Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That means encouragement has the power to stop us from the propensity of a hard heart. Hey, you, go, you say to me, well, how do I encourage? We make it so hard. You don't have to have a degree to encourage somebody. You don't have to have the Greek and the Hebrew. All you ought to do is, hey, I'm thinking about you, buddy. I haven't seen you in a while. You can make it. You're going to go through this. You got this. I got you. I'm going to weep with you. I'm going to cry with you. I may not understand everything, but you got me. I got you. Hey, listen, I could come over and give you some meals. I could cook for you. Well, not me, but, you know, I I could buy something for you. When some of my people were sick, guess what? I went to some place, I didn't cook it myself, and I delivered it to them. I follow up with them. I encourage them. It doesn't take a lot to encourage people. It takes a minute of your time to say, man, you're worth something to God. You're worth something to me. Don't go that route. I want to encourage you. You have gifts that you haven't even tapped into yet. I want to encourage you. There's a level of freedom that you have never tasted yet. Encourage one another daily. Listen, what does the Bible say? Daily, while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. I see, I feel the Lord. And can I just be honest with you? Let, let's be very honest because I feel the Holy Spirit moving. How many of you could just really admit it and not be real strong, you know, because all the strong ones, they, they're not going to hold their raise their hands up. But if you really admit it, you need some encouragement every now and then. I do. Now, this is the last thing. Please, everyone listen to me. People that feel disconnected are not planted most of the time. Not all the time, but most of the time they're not planted. What does disconnect? Everybody say disconnect. When people are disconnected, okay, here's what they feel. And I wrote things down. They feel a a, a sense of apathy. In other words, they, they lack desire and passion. When people are disconnected, they have, watch this, an unhealthy independence. Everybody say unhealthy. Because we do need to have independence, but there's, a, there's an unhealthy independence. You know what unhealthy independence means? You convince yourself that you don't need godly people in your life. That's what, that's what, that's what unhealthy independence means. I don't need Christians. They failed me. I got this. 
It doesn't matter, just me and God. That mentality is not going to get you anywhere. A person that feels disconnected has a lack of accountability and they have isolation. Today, I want to call, jeez, I feel the Holy Ghost. Everyone close your eyes for a second. Today, the Lord wants to call those who've been hurt by the local church at one point, at one point in their lives, and you have not felt planted for a long time. The Lord today is calling for those that are currently feeling disconnected to you. God is calling you. There's some things that you may have to adjust in your life because it's not always someone else's fault. Jesus is inviting you today to be planted again in the house of the Lord. Jesus is inviting you again to be planted in the things of God. Jesus is inviting you again to be planted by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Right now, I want to let that marinate to you. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of their God. They shall bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare speech in every season of life that the Lord is righteous. If there's some people today, and we're going to worship, I'm not going to have an altar call, but I want this to marinate. The Lord is bringing, calling you back to be planted in the things of God and in a local church community where the root system could touch you even if you're the 50th tree out there. God wants to be able to plug you in. If you're planted, you will flourish. If you're by yourself, you will not. The Lord is calling you back to being planted. But He wants you to let that past relationship go. He wants you to let that past church experience go. Right now, let it go. Come on, let it go right now. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.